This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am an absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. And uh, a very familiar psalm. It's a psalm that uh, many of us would have read. Uh, maybe even memorized. Growing up as little kids. Psalm 23. A psalm of David. Now we do not know exactly when David wrote the psalm. We don't know whether he wrote it when he was uh, a young man taking care of his father's sheep. And that's how David began in his life. That was his first job taking care of his father's sheep. And for several years as a young man, every morning he would uh, take his sheep out of the sheepfold. I, don't, I do not know how many sheep he had, but take the sheep out, lead them out on the way into the green pastures, lead them beside still waters, take care of them, spend the day with them, and bring them back safely at the end of the day, back to the sheepfold. Day after day, Year after year, David did this as a shepherd boy. But we don't know when he wrote this psalm, but he wrote it during, you know, sometime during that period when he was actually taking care of his father's sheep. We do not know if he wrote this psalm when he was uh, running for his life, living, spending those 13 years out in the wilderness, hiding in caves and living as a wanderer, a homeless wanderer, living day to day. We do not know whether he wrote the psalm during those days. And neither do we know if he wrote the psalm after he became the king of Israel. And uh, he had set up the temple, which is known as the Tabernacle of David. And he had uh, set in place the Davidic order of worship, where there was 24 hours, 7 days a week, continuous prayer and worship going on in the Tabernacle of David. And uh, he had instituted thousands of singers and appointed chief musicians. And there were people who wrote the psalms, essentially poems that were set to music. And uh, David wrote a number of these psalms and handed them off to the chief musicians for the people to sing and use in their prayer and in their worship to God. So we do not know whether it was during that period of time when he wrote the psalm. Uh, during those days, David was called the sweet psalmist of Israel. Regardless of when he wrote the psalm, David had this beginning. Where he took care of his father's sheep. And as I was saying, day after day, he would lead the sheep out to those green pastures. He would lead them out to a place where they could drink from the still waters. Sometimes he would go up before the sheep. Sometimes he would be behind the sheep, nudging them forwards. And there were times when he decided to go to a different section of the green pastures. And to get there, he had to take his sheep through some valleys. So he would lead his sheep out through the valley. 
it would be dangerous because going downhill into the valley through the rocky sides of the mountain wasn't easy. It was dark sometimes in the valley. And it was very dangerous because there were animals, predators in the valley. There were times when David had to fight off the lion and the bear to protect his sheep. But he knew that going through the valley, he would ultimately get his sheep to the green pastures that he wanted them to feed in. And then he would bring his sheep back to the sheepfold. He would uh, anoint the sheep with oil, rub them through, and then once again provide water for the sheep. This time not from the brook or the stream, but in his own trough, he would fill water and he would make sure that it overflowed so the sheep have no lack of water to drink. And so at some point in his life, whether as a young man sitting by the, the, those green pastures or whether he was out as a wanderer in the wilderness or whether it was later in life as a king of Israel, at some point in his life, suddenly something happened inside of David. Suddenly he realized that his maker, God, was to him what he was to the sheep. And he wrote the first line, the Lord is my shepherd. What was David saying? He's saying, I as a shepherd, I love my sheep so much. I would never do them any harm. I would never allow a single day to pass without making sure that they fed and drank well. I would never leave my sheep in a place where their lives are at risk, where they are dangerous. And even if I were to take them through the valley, I'm there with them. At the end of every day, I make sure I bring my sheep back into the sheepfolds. I love them so dearly that if even a single sheep is wounded, I will bind up their wounds. If their coat needs to be clean, I will clean it up with oil and I will anoint them. And I will take care of them. And as David was just reflecting on all of this, suddenly he understood that the Lord... That God Almighty, the creator of heaven now, the one to whom nothing is impossible, the Elohim, the God who is of all gods, the Adonai, the greatest of all gods, the Lord, Jehovah is his shepherds. And he said, God is my shepherd. He coined the term Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. God is to me. Everything that I am to my sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. He would, he would never do me any harm. He would never abandon me. If I'm hurt, he's going to be there. If I'm in need, he will take care of me. The Lord is my shepherd. And this concept of God being the shepherd exploded throughout Israel as they sang the psalm of David. Because then we, we have the other psalm, Psalm 95 verses 6 and 7, which we just sang that says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker, for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture. We are the sheep of His hand, meaning we are the sheep in His care. 
God being the shepherd of Israel now became an understood thing in the consciousness of this nation because Isaiah the prophet stood up and he said in Isaiah the 40th chapter and verse 11, speaking of God in his relationship to Israel, he said, he shall lead his flock like a shepherd. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the young with his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. And he will gently lead those who are with young. People know that the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. This morning, I believe there's a pull from heaven. I believe there's a call from heaven. God awakening you and me saying, I want you to see me. I want you to know me as the shepherd of your soul. I am your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, he says this, I will not be in want. I will not want. I will not lack. The Lord's my shepherd. I will not be in want. Because a shepherd will never, or the shepherd will always ensure that every day the sheep have something to eat and drink. He will never leave them in lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I had this, I read this statement early this week, and I don't know who wrote it, but it was so powerful. Faith is not believing that God can. It is knowing He will. And that's what David is saying. He's saying, the Lord's my shepherd. I'm not saying that he can take care of me. I know he will take care of me. That's why I say, I will not be in want. Faith is knowing that because he is your shepherd, you will not be in want. Let's come to that place of rest in God. Because he is my shepherd, I will not be in want. I will not lack anything. If I'm sick, I will not lack healing. If I'm discouraged, I will not lack encouragement. If I'm in a situation that's hopeless, I will not lack hope. If I'm weak, I will not lack strength. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. Amen. He leads me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God, who is my shepherd, He brings me to this place where I can lie down, come to a place of rest in green pastures, in a place where there is abundance. What you and I must understand is that this is the heart of God for you and me. Many of us have a very wrong picture of God. This morning he's saying, I want you to see me as your shepherd. And my heart for you is to make you lie down in green pastures. It is to bring you to a place of complete rest. And a place of abundance. That's the heart of God. Amen. That's the heart of the shepherd. Your shepherd. To bring you to a place where you could lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters. The shepherd knows he cannot take them to a 
really rapid river because the sheep will not be able to drink. In fact, their lives may be at risk. They will get drowned. So he knows exactly where to take them. To places where there are still waters. Where the sheep can drink and refresh their soul. You know, sometimes the journey can be long. The shepherd leading his sheep. The sheep's wondering, you know, this is a long journey. I didn't bring my water bottle with me. I'm thirsty. Lord, what are you doing in my life? You're leading me through this dry and barren land. God wants you to know. He's taking you to the green pastures. At the end of the journey, you will find still waters. Amen? So just because the journey may be a little tough, going through the dry and barren land and and making your way might take a long time. Remember the heart of the shepherd. He's taking you to a place where you can lie down in green pastures. He's taking you to a place where you can drink of still waters. That's your shepherd's. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What does this do when you come to the green pastures and you come to the still waters? He says, He restores my soul. It's like almost a daily experience for the sheep. It's something that happens over and over again in our lives. When we journey through some difficult times, But at the end of it, God ensures that you come to those green pastures, that you arrive at the still waters, and that you are restored, renewed, revived, refreshed. Even though the journey to that place was a little hard. Even though the journey to that place was a little long. Even though the journey to that place made you feel tired. But you arrived at those green pastures and the still waters. And now you are finding restoration for your soul. The renewing of strength. You're saying, I'm ready for the next journey. He restores my soul. That's our shepherd. Some of us may need that this morning. Saying, you know, the journey has been long. I'm tired, I'm I'm weary, I'm worn, I'm thirsty. But I want us to understand that we have a shepherd who can restore our soul. He restores my soul. And then he tells us something about how the shepherd leads his sheep. He says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in paths that are right. The shepherd knows where he's going. The shepherd knows where he's taking his sheep. The sheep don't have a GPS. Man, shepherds, we need to turn right here. He knows the way that he's leading me in. He leads me in paths that are right for my life. Can you and I, as the sheep of his hand, 
come to a place where we know He leads us in paths that are right. He's not lost His directions. He's not, his map is not missing. He knows the way. He leads us in paths that are right for our life. The shepherd would never take a sheep down a path that will lead them to their ruin or their destruction. Never do that. He leads us in paths that are right. Sometimes the shepherd leads from the front and the sheep follow him. Sometimes the shepherd leads from the back and he nudges and urges the sheep to go on the path set before them. Sometimes in life, God's up in front. You see him. You know he's gone ahead of you. Doors swing open. People welcome you. The favor of God's ahead of you. And he says, surely God has gone ahead of me. It's very easy to follow that way. But some of us, even when God is going before us, we are always worried about our backside. I wonder if he's thought about my behinds. Relax. He's gone ahead of you. He will take care of your backside too. Other times in life, God leads us from behind. He says, I want you to take the first steps of faith. Go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead. You take the steps. I know the path in which I'm moving you. You take the steps. I'm watching you from behind. I'm taking care of you. You move ahead. Sometimes a shepherd leads that way. Whether he leads from the front or whether he leads from the back. He's leading, and that's all that matters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. If the path that you and I are taking is not righteousness, if it is not holy, if it is not pure, without question, He's not leading you down that road. Because He always leads us in paths. Of righteousness. Never parts of unrighteousness. Unholiness and purity. No. He leads us in parts of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. The honor of the shepherd. Is reflected by what happens to the sheep. If the sheep are hurt. If the sheep get lost. If the sheep go astray, it reflects on the shepherd. So for his name's sake, he leads us in paths of righteousness. Sometimes the shepherd, in order to get his sheep to a certain green pasture or to a certain place where there are still waters, Knowingly, intentionally, he leads them through the valley. The valley is a dangerous place. Because especially in those parts of Palestine, it was very rocky. And you go downhill, going down into the valley, it's not always easy. Sheep could stumble and fall, lose their way. The valley is dark and dangerous. And it's also the place where there are many, many enemies, animals waiting 
to pray on the sea. The shepherd is very aware of all these things. And yet he leads them through the valley because he wants to get them to a certain area of green pastures and still waters. And so the psalmist says, David says, even if I have to walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid of anything. Even if I'm walking through the valley, even if I'm walking through what might seem dark and dangerous, even if I'm walking through what might seem that, that, that could easily cause me to stumble and fall and, and lose balance and lose way and lose track of the other sheep, even if I'm walking through what might, might seem very dangerous to my life, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know my shepherd is with me in the valley. For thou art with me, or you are with me. Maybe some of us are in the valley. A place where things aren't going right. Things aren't easy for you. It's dark and dangerous. But I want you to know the heart of your shepherd. He's leading you to green pastures. He's leading you to still waters. Just that, this particular journey finds its way through a valley. Fear no evil. Because the Lord is with you. The shepherd of your soul is with you through this valley. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your Lord and your stuff, they comfort me. The shepherd carried a rod, which was a large-sized wooden block with which he fought against any of the enemies, the lions and the bears that would come against, uh, come to steal his sheep. The rod. With the rod, he guarded his sheep. He also carried a little staff with which he would guide the sheep. Any sheep that tends to go off track, you know, come on, pull them by the neck, tap them aside, tap them aside. So my shepherd carries a rod and a staff. The shepherd of my soul knows how to be my guardian and my guides. He will guard me. He will guide me through the valley. The one who is with me in the valley ensures both my security, my safety, and the direction of my life. Yea, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I know because the Lord, my shepherd, is guarding me. He's guiding me. I now have comfort. I now have confidence. I now have this deep assurance that words cannot explain. That my mind cannot comprehend. And yet I know it's there because the Lord is with me and his rod and his staff. Guarantee me my security and guarantee that he will guide me through this valley. Bring me into the green pastures and the still waters. And so I'm comforted. I have courage. I have strength. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Now this is why I think David most likely wrote this psalm in the latter part of his life. Because now suddenly David goes into a new level. Talking about his own life experience. And he says, 
He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I've gone through the valley. I've gone through the worst in life. I've gone through the most dangerous period of my life. I've gone through the rocky mountainside. I've gone through the deep dark valley. I've passed by the mouths of lions and bears. And now God has brought me to a place where he has set a table before me. He's celebrating me. He's putting honor on my life. He's guaranteeing me victory in the very face, in the face of those very enemies who once threatened my soul. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What enemy are you facing today? Is it the enemy of some sickness that doctors say cannot be cured that threatens to shorten your life? Is it the enemy of some financial burden that weighs in upon you in the morning when you wake up and at night when you go to bed and throughout the day tears away at your entire energy? What enemy are you facing today? I want you to know that the shepherd of your soul is preparing a table for you so that one day in the face of each and every enemy that is standing before you, he will spread out a table for you and say, eat, celebrate, have victory, triumph in the face of this enemy. That's the shepherd of our souls. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So you might as well look at your enemy today and say, hey enemy, you think you've got the advantage today, but I want you to know a day is coming when my shepherd will prepare a table before me right in front of your face. You think you've got me down. You think you've got me covered. You think you've got me trapped. But enemy of my soul, I want you to know that the Lord is my shepherd. He is bringing me to a place when he will spread the table out before me. In the presence of my enemy. That's your shepherd. That's where he is taking you. That's what he's working towards in your life. A table of celebration. A triumph victory in the face of every enemy that you're battling against today. So this is not the time to throw in the towel and say, you know, I give you victory. No, 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 no. There's a shepherd who's with you. We'll take you through the valley. We'll bring you through that place where you can face your enemy and laugh your enemy in the face and say, you thought you had it, but the shepherd of my soul brought me through he anoints my head with oil. This probably was a way in which the shepherds took care of their sheep. But I think David was talking more than just that. For David, he knew what it meant to be anointed with oil. It was that moment in his life when the prophet Samuel came, directed by the Lord himself. Took the horn of oil and poured it on David's head and said, you will be the next king. The oil representing the anointing of the Holy Spirit being poured upon David to help him fulfill his call and destiny. This man is anointed. No other man on earth and no devil in hell can stop him now. He's anointed. Tell me, what evil spirit is there that's bigger than the Spirit of God? Tell me, what power of man is there that is greater than the power of the Spirit of God? 
when he anoints you with oil, as far as your destiny is concerned, you are unstoppable. There's no man on earth and no devil in hell that can stop an anointed one. And the Bible says, he anoints my head with oil. Whatever your call is in life, the shepherd of your soul, he's anointed you for that. He anoints my head with oil. The apostle Paul wrote, he said in 2 Corinthians 1, 21, I think, or 22, he who has called us and anointed us is God. God has called you and God has anointed you. As far as your mission in life is concerned, as far as the call of God on your life is concerned, as far as your destiny of God on your life is concerned, you are unstoppable because you've been anointed by your shepherd. No man on earth, no devil of hell can stop you. He anoints you. Your shepherd anoints you. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Know the heart of a shepherd. When he brings his sheep back to the sheepfold, they have gone through another journey. Journeying back from the green pastures back to the sheepfold where they have to rest and they are again thirsty. This time the shepherd has to quench their thirst. But there is no still water. The shepherd himself has to provide the water in the drinking trough. And the shepherd makes sure that the trough overflows. So David says, The Lord's my shepherd. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup, my drinking trough, my source of supply, my sustenance, my provision in life overflows. That's your shepherd. God's heart for you and me is not that we just barely make it through life. That you get one drop to survive for the next day. That's not the heart of God. The heart of our shepherd is that our cup overflows. That we have abundance. We have more than enough every day of our lives. That's the heart of God. My cup overflows. And then David says, Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. All the days of my life. Surely, without a doubt, there's no question. I don't need, I need a second thought about this. Surely, 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 goodness. God's goodness. God's bountifulness. God's generosity. God's liberality. God's kindness. Surely, goodness and mercy. Mercy is just, uh, just God reaching to me when I'm at my worst. When I'm a sinner, he reaches out to me. When I am sick, he reaches out to me. Blind Bartimaeus cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Got back his sight. Surely goodness and mercy will accompany me every day of my life. And I was just wondering, David, did you say that your cup was overflowing when you were in the wilderness? When you were wandering around without a home? When you even had to fake insanity to get through a period of life. 
when you had to go to the temple and beg the priest to give you the leftover bread in order to survive? David, were you able to say, my cup was overflowing and that goodness and mercy was following me when you were in the caves, when you were, when you had to fight enemies that when you had to pretend to be a friend of the Philistines. I mean, David, when you were going through all of this, were you still saying, goodness and mercy follows me? Were you still saying, my cup overflows? I believe that David, looking back at his life's journey, At that moment, it was not easy going through what I went through. But now when I look back, I can say assuredly, my cup overflowed. I can say assuredly that his goodness and mercy did follow me. Through that time, through that season. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, how can you say this after you sinned so terribly? How could you say this after you committed such grievous crimes? And David, how could you say this when you sinned and you affected the whole nation? Thousands of people lost their lives because of your sin. Do you think that God would still welcome you? David knew his shepherds. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I know that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. In spite of my sins, in spite of my flaws, in spite of my weaknesses, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because of the shepherd of my soul. Thousands of years later, when God stepped into this world, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, stood up and he said in John the 10th chapter, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. 10th chapter of John, in fact, the entire chapter of John, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. I lead my sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep by name. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I will give my life for my sheep. You know, if there's a hired person taking care of sheep, when the wolf comes, he runs. But I'm a good shepherd. When the wolf comes, I stand up and I defend my sheep. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep will hear my voice. I will guide them. I will tell them when they are right. I will affirm them when they are right. I will correct them when they are wrong. I am the good shepherd. I've got my rod and I've got my staff for my sheep. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. I hold my sheep in my hand and no one can pluck them out of my hand. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is our good shepherds. He's your good shepherds. He's the shepherd of your soul. In the 15th chapter of Luke, Jesus described what the good shepherd would do. He said, if there is a shepherd who has a hundred sheep, and he finds out that just one sheep has gone astray, he will secure the 99 in the sheepfold, 
shepherd will carry you in his arms back to the sheepfold. Some of us may have wandered so far away from the sheepfold and find ourselves caught in a thicket, caught in the middle of a bush and we find no way of escape. I want you to know there's a good shepherd. No matter what bush you're caught in, no matter what thicket you're caught in, the good shepherd is coming after you. He can bring you out of it and take you back to the sheepfold where you belong. He is the good shepherd. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, the Bible calls Jesus as the chief shepherd. Meaning he is the chief pastor. We men are just under shepherds. And to the grace and by the grace of God given to us and to the best of best we can we try to represent the chief shepherd as accurately as we know how. But the fact of the matter is that every man is frail. Every man is weak. Every man has his shortfalls. Every man has his shortcomings. Every man has his inabilities. And so we under shepherds fall far short of our chief shepherds. And so congregation this morning, I want you to lift your eyes. And look at the chief shepherd. His name is Jesus. In the book of Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, God was so frustrated with all of his under shepherds. They failed to do what he wanted them to do. They failed to represent him correctly. He's the shepherd of Israel. All his under shepherds failed. And here's what he says in Ezekiel 34th chapter, verse 4 and also in verse 16. He says, you shepherds, This is what I wanted you to do. What the chief shepherd would have done. The chief shepherd, he would strengthen those who are weak. He would heal those who are sick. He would bind up those who are broken. He would gather together those who are driven away. And he would seek out for that which is lost. And because you under shepherds have failed, the chief shepherd says in verse 16, I will do this myself. I want us to know that the shepherd of our souls, he's the chief shepherd. The shepherd of your soul, he's the chief shepherd. He is waiting to strengthen what is weak, to heal what is sick, to bind up what is broken, to gather together what is driven away, and to seek out what is lost. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 25, You had once gone astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus Christ is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. You can rest in him. He'll take care of you. I want to close with this verse in Hebrews 13 and verse 20. Hebrews 13 verse 20. The Bible calls Jesus as the great shepherd. The great shepherd. Meaning, he is the ultimate. He is the perfect. He is the absolute. He is the flawless. He is the final. The great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus Christ. This morning, I want us to open up our hearts. There are many different facets that, of God that we could look at. And this morning I believe God is calling us 
to know him as the shepherd of our souls. Because he is the shepherd of your soul. I want you to know. He's able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before his glorious throne. And he is the only wise God. Our savior. To him all glory belongs. Amen. Can you and I trust in such a shepherd? Can you and I abandon our lives in the hands of such a shepherd? Can you and I say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul time and time and time and time again. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though life's journey may lead me time and again through the valley, I will fear no evil because the shepherd of my soul is with me. He will both guard me and guide me. And in this I have absolute confidence. And I also know that he will prepare a table for me in the presence of each and every enemy that's battling against me today. A day is coming and he will prepare the table for me. And he will say rejoice in the midst of your enemies. He's anointed my head with oil. No man or devil can stop me from fulfilling the call of God. My cup runs over because of my shepherd. And this one thing I know that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And yes, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's rise up this morning and Embrace the shepherd of our souls. If there's anyone here this morning and you feel like that one lost sheep, knowingly, unknowingly, sometimes by the cunningness of the enemy, by the craftiness of his devices, we may have left the sheepfold and just wandered a little astray. But I want you to know he's the good shepherd. He's looking out for you even before you can decide to turn back to him. His heart, his heart is yearning to find that one lossy. He knows your location. He knows every bush that, that traps you. Every entrapment that you find yourself so helpless in. I want you to come to the good shepherd this morning and say, Jesus, can you please get me back to the sheepfold? Can you lead me back to the place where I should be God in life and my walk with you? I have wandered astray. Come, Jesus, take me back. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker because he is our God. We are the people of his pasture. Know the shepherd's heart for you.
He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather them in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead them. Know the heart of your shepherds. You who have gone astray, you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer, the caretaker, the guardian, the protector of your soul. Jesus is the chief shepherd. And as the chief shepherd, he strengthens the weak. He heals those who are sick. He binds up those who are broken. He gathers together those who have been driven away, who have been rejected, who have been cast out, who have been laid aside. And he seeks that which is lost. Lord Jesus, you are the chief shepherd. And so right now in this place, as we look to you, I ask Lord God that those here who may have come in weak, weary and tired and worn and totally devoid of any strength in their lives. This moment will receive an impartation of supernatural strength in their beings from you, the chief shepherd. So they will leave this place renewed in strength, full of courage, encouraged in their hearts, knowing that the Lord is with them. That the Lord will prepare a table for them in the presence of the enemy. That the Lord will anoint their heads with oil. And because he anoints them, no man on earth, no devil in hell will stop them. And Father, we pray for those who are sick. As the chief shepherd, your heart's desire is for every sick person to be healed. So come, Jesus, be the chief shepherd in this place. Let every sickness and disease, whatever form, whatever condition, whatever area of the body, let it be removed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because that's the heart of our chief shepherd. He wants every sick person here. every sickness and disease leave now in the name of Jesus I want you to just embrace the chief shepherd and say Jesus I receive my healing now you're my chief shepherd you heal the sick I'm one of your sheep I receive my healing some of us might be broken on the inside He binds up those who are broken. Receive your healing. Receive strength. That area of your life as well. And so God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, even as we leave this place and go through the week ahead, thank you. You lead me. You lead us. Our steps are guided. Our life is guarded, O oh Lord, because the shepherd is with us. And we thank you. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you. And give you His peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.